Some of us as believers need to get a different script. It's the devil that's called the accuser of the brethren. If it's in the past, what we ought to do is leave it there. Quit throwing folks sin up in their face that they used to do. Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller and glad that you've joined us today as we begin a new message, Not What I Used to Be, really a look at the story of Rahab. And what a great reminder from Pastor Ford just a moment ago that we all have sins in our past that we wish weren't there. But if we've taken those sins to the Lord, if we confess them and we've laid them at the feet of Jesus and they've been forgiven, That's where they need to stay. But I know that some of us, we have these tapes that play in our head of those sins and those things that we've done, and we just can't seem to let that go. And the devil may be using that to hold you back in your walk with Christ. He may be using that to keep you from growing in your relationship with Jesus. And there may be those of us who have laid our sins at the feet of Jesus, but those around us seem to want to throw those back up in our face again. So how do you move on from that? How do you leave those sins covered by the blood of Jesus and begin to grow in your walk with him? That's what today's message is all about. So uh, if you're dealing with this, I'm glad you've tuned in. If you can, join us in Hebrews chapter 11 as we begin the message, Not What I Used to Be. Here is Pastor Ford. Pastor and his... 11-year-old son would go out witnessing uh, after every service. Uh, I did that with my sons when we lived in the parsonage, and I found that if you do that, and they're young, like his was 11, mine was 9 and 11, and uh, you have to stay close to them. One day I was witnessing to somebody, and uh, they went ahead, and when I came around the corner, one of my sons had a child up against the wall saying, oh yeah, you're going to take this track, because if you don't take it, I'm going to bust you in your mouth. And I had to remind him, Elder Green, that that's not the way uh, you win friends and influence people. You don't do evangelism that way. Uh, But this pastor and his 11-year-old son would go out every Sunday. Well, this Sunday, they were about to go out. Whenever uh, the father looked out, it was cold, it was raining, and so the, the boy got, got his stuff together. He put on his raincoat, put on his rain hat, went to his dad and said, I'm ready to go out. And his dad said, oh, it's cold out there and it's raining out there. Uh, we're not going out today. Uh, and the uh, little boy said, but dad, aren't people going to hell even though it's raining? And the father just said, put his foot down, son, I'm not going out in this weather. And so he said, well, can I go out? And the dad felt, well, you know, he can't get lost in this little town. He says, okay, you can go out, uh, but don't stay out too long. And so he went out, began knocking on doors, passing out his tracks, and uh, just telling people about the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, he got done in about two hours, and he had one track left. He was looking around, and the streets were deserted. He had no one uh, to whom to give it to. And he said, okay, he started home, and there was one house he saw that he missed. So he walked up to the house, and he rang the doorbell. 
But nobody answered, but he heard the radio and the television, saw that the lights were on everywhere. Somebody's got to be home, and he rang the doorbell again. And then he rang it again. Finally he said, maybe they don't hear it. And so he knocked, and he knocked, and he knocked louder, and he knocked longer, and he knocked harder. And then, then how many know that the scripture is right? Ask, it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock. Well, that's what happened. Uh, the door was open, and at the door was an elderly, sad-faced lady who said, Can I help you, young man? To which he replied, giving her his last trap. I just came to tell you that Jesus Christ loves you, and so do I. And he had a smile that would light up a darkened room. And he gave it to her, and he felt good. I gave away my last track, and he went back home. Well, that next Sunday, the pastor got up to the pulpit, and he said, okay, it's testimony time. Let's have testimonies. And one old lady who had a radiant face stood up and said, I have something I want to say. And he said, go ahead, give your testimony. She said, last week I was not a Christian. As a matter of fact, the man I was married to for 52 years, he died. And he was the last person that I had to relate to on this earth. I have no other family. And so since he's been dead, I have been so lonely. And no one comes and no one calls. And finally, it's a cold and rainy day. And I said, I'm just tired of it. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to commit suicide. So I took a stool and went up into my attic and took a rope and threw it over the lattice and made a noose and stood up and put it around my neck. And just when I was getting ready to jump, the doorbell rang. I said, who could that be? No one has come to see me in years. And it rang again, and it rang again. And I thought to myself, okay, I'll wait until they stop ringing, and then I'll jump. And then she said, but then the ringing stopped, but then the knocking started. And so finally I said, I've got to see who this is. Took the noose from around my neck, went downstairs. And when I opened the door, this angelic face of this young boy and his hand reaching out gave me a piece of paper and he said Jesus loves you and so do I and it just it refreshed my heart and so I went in took the little paper and opened it up and read all about that Jesus was God in the flesh who died was buried and rose again the third day and now this Sunday I'm a child of the king and I came to thank that little boy for passing out that last piece of paper to me because now I've got something to look for I don't want to hang myself I'm looking forward to going to heaven and being with Jesus and being reunited with my family. Man, what, what a story. What a story. The pastor began to weep profusely, went down to the front row and grabbed his son and hugged him and just sobbed and just sobbed and just sobbed. Oh, he was a proud daddy that day, but I know of a daddy who was prouder than that. Yeah, he wasn't a reluctant father. It wasn't that he didn't want to go, but he's holy and can't deal with no mess. Because the angels cry out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who is, who art, who is to come. You see, and so he's spirit, and we are human beings. But Jesus said, prepare for me a body. And so he didn't put on a raincoat, but he cloaked himself in humanity and put on the humility of a human hat and stepped down through 42 generations and 
came and hung and bled and died on Calvary's cross in the coldness of a world that rejected him. He came into his own and his own received him not. Oh, but the good news is, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. And he extended, he said, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. I love you with an unconditional love. Look unto me, all the ends of the earth, and be saved, saith the Lord. Mm. Oh, that's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I can relate to that. I, I can relate to that. See, you, you don't ever know how the Lord is going to reach somebody. And you don't ever know what the Lord's going to do with them once he reaches them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there anything better than going to heaven? The answer is yes. Taking somebody else with you. Amen. We ought to share the gospel as quick as we share the gossip. And so you don't know who you're witnessing to. Okay, okay. A Sunday school teacher decided to witness to his class. One of his class was a 17-year-old shoe salesman. And he witnessed to that 17-year-old. That 17-year-old was Dwight Lyman Moody. And Moody was led to Christ by Edward Kimball. And Moody became a famed evangelist who ministered to over 100 million people in his crusades. His influence even reaches today. I'm a graduate of the Moody Bridal, I mean the Moody Bible Institute. That's what they call it, Moody Bridal Institute. They're working on their MRS degree, you know. Uh, but it doesn't stop there uh, because D.L. Moody was having revivals and in Britain the people heard about him and uh, there was an orthodox uh, uh, unregenerate preacher by the name of F.B. Meyer some of you know that name who, who, who wasn't preaching Christ but his church uh, uh, had him bring Moody over and he didn't like Moody because Moody wasn't educated and Moody did things like ending sentences with prepositions and everybody knows that a preposition is not something you end a sentence with. Now some folk that went right over their head. And so Moody went over. He influenced F.B. Meyer. F.B. Meyer started preaching the gospel and he influenced a man by the name of J. Wilbur Chapman. J. Wilbur Chapman began preaching all over America and he influenced an ex-baseball player who got saved at the Pacific Garden Mission by the name of Billy Sunday. He would wind up when he preached, like he was throwing a baseball. And, and Billy Sunday uh, influenced a man by the name of Mordecai Ham. Mordecai Ham in 1936 was doing a crusade in North Kakalaki. That's North Carolina, for those of you who ain't from the South. North Kakalaki. And in 1936, two young men, 16 years old, was, was out filling their oats and saying, hey, let's go to this tent. Let's see what this joker's talking about. Let, let's go in and see what this wacko has to say. They went in, but the place was too crowded. But an usher saw them, went over and smiled and put his arms around both boys and said, I'll find you seats, and sat them down. And that night, Billy Graham came to faith in Jesus Christ as God in the flesh. 
who was dead, who was buried, who rose again the third day. You don't ever know who you're talking to, who you're telling about Jesus Christ. Who knows what Jaden's going to be? God ain't told us yet. So what happens? What happens? Billy Graham has preached to over two billion people and have seen over a hundred million people make professions of faith in Jesus Christ. Well, unfortunately, we do have to pause the message right there, but we'll continue this teaching, Not What I Used to Be, in just a moment. You are listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford Jr. And if you ever want to find out more about Pastor Ford, You'll find a link to his website, and you can find out more about Christ Bible Church, where he serves as senior pastor. Just come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org, and click on that About link. If you've been listening to this program for any length of time, you also know that Pastor Ford is passionate about relationships. He's written a number of books about that, and you can find out more about those books when you click on the Books by Pastor Ford link on the left-hand side of our homepage. Again, it's treasuretruthradio.org. Again, here's Pastor Ford. I think about myself, the guy who led me to Christ. You know my story if you've been here long enough. <laughs> and I just summarize it this way. He came and led me to Christ. And who would have known? Who would have known that a hoodlum would become a holy man? Who ever known that I go from a joint in my hand to Jesus in my heart? Who would ever know that I go from a pusher to the pulpit? Who would ever know that I go from being on a corner to being a college professor? Who would have ever known that I went from selling dope to preaching hope? Oh, I, who, 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 who would ever know? Who would ever know that he would take me from the guttermost to the uttermost? Who would ever know that I would have a citywide ministry, a national ministry, and now an international ministry? Who would know that he'd take me from LSD to my PhD? Who would have known? That's what's happening in our text today. Today we have the story of Rahab the harlot or you call her Rahab. Now, 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 most modern scholars say that she was not a harlot because the Old Testament word has been seen in other Hebrew writers, not the Bible, but in other Hebrew writers to mean innkeeper. So some modern commentaries say, that's why a commentary is a commentary. It's not the word of God. It's a comment from a man. So they say she was an innkeeper, you know, something like a Red Roof Inn or a Motel 6. Now, I want to tell you it's true that she would leave a light on for you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But the Hebrew text and the Greek text that's been read to you already, she's called a harlot, a prostitute. So both use words that can only be translated harlot or prostitute. So Rahab or Rahab was a hootie. She was a chicken head. She was a bust down. In other words, 
you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like you heard this one. What's the difference between what Uncle Sam says, a rooster says, and a hoochie says? Uncle Sam says Yankee Doodle do, and a rooster says Cockadoodle do, and a hoochie says any doodle do. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. So here's the bottom line she would sleep with you for a price. If the price was right, she would sleep with you. And she didn't own a red roof inn unless that's the synonym for that is brothel, bordello, house of ill repute, or in what I call the sin sanitizing vernacular of the day. What are you talking about? What does a sanitizer do? A sanitizer cleans dirt. So you know what we do? We live in a society, in a generation that has a sin sanitizing vernacular. We've changed everything God called sin to make it more palatable so it's not as hard up in your face like God wants it to be up in your face. We call alcoholism a disease. It's not a disease. Because I don't go to the liquor store, Brother Green. I don't go to the liquor store. This is an analogy. I don't go to the liquor store and say, give me a fifth of measles. Give me a quart of uh, 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 HIV. No, you don't do that. Right. Then you want to call it a disease. You, you don't want to say he's a homosexual. He's on the down low. And that's low down. Come on, man. No, he gay. He gay. Alternate lifestyle, you better believe it. You better believe it. It's sin. That's my friend. You fornicating. I'm just shacking. We just living with. We done sanitized it. So now it's called a gentleman's house. Where you going? To the gentleman's house. Oh, the gentleman's club? How you know that, Deacon? <laughs> Y'all know I'm just messing with him. Thank you. See, now, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not picking up a prostitute. I'm going to the gentleman's club. Now, let me tell you the only difference between picking one up on the street and picking one up in a gentleman's club, the price you pay. That's it. And so what's going on? Rahab was a harlot. But that's not the story today. Because we're not here to talk about what she used to be. We're here to talk about what God made her. And let me just say this. Some of us as believers need to get a different script. It's the devil that's called the accuser of the brethren. If it's in the past, what we ought to do is leave it there. Quit throwing folks sin up in their face that they used to do. You used to do this. You ought to say to somebody who says that to you, you doing the devil's work. You ain't nothing but the devil. Get thee hence behind me, Satan, because thou savors not the things that be of God. I ain't got time to hear that because I'm not all I should be, but by the grace of Jesus Christ, I'm not what I used to be. Can I get some help in here? I mean, somebody ought to be glad. So, 
Let's see how a woman of the night became a woman of the light. How she was changed from a street walker to a Christ talker. How she went from a hooker to a holy woman. Here's the thing. Faith cancels the past and confirms your future. Let me say it again. Faith cancels your past and confirms your future. Let me say it this way. Faith cancels your history and confirms your destiny. Oh yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. And so then, she demonstrates the evidence of faith that cancels your history and confirms your destiny. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you have him? Notice I didn't say it, because the Bible tells us faith is Jesus Christ. First uh, Timothy chapter 2. So, notice the first evidence that you have the faith that cancels your history and confirms your destiny is in verses 1 through 7. And you know, if you've been here long enough, ain't that right, Deacon? You know that I'm going through a whole passage and two sermons, and so there's a whole lot I'm going to miss in that passage, and it hurts me to my heart to have to pass stuff up, but I'm just going to make my point and move on. So, notice, she demonstrates it, the first evidence is she demonstrates the commitment of faith in verses 1 through 7. See, there are two kinds of prostitutes in the Bible. There was the church-going prostitute and the non-church-going Okay. There were whores in the church. And uh, you need to realize that people didn't look down on them even though they were whoring because they went to church. They were called temple prostitutes. And so, and so they were those who were devoted to making the male worshipers feel at home. We're going to hear more from this message on Rahab called Not What I Used to Be when Treasure Truth continues. But if you want more teaching from Pastor Ford and additional resources, you can come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. You know, Jesus really isn't welcome in our culture. We live in an age of pluralism that tolerates everyone. Everyone, that is, except Jesus. So how can we continue to be salt and light in a world that no longer accepts him or his followers? Well, that's the topic of a digital book written by Joe Stoll. Many of you are probably familiar with Dr. Stoll, longtime uh, president here at the Moody Bible Institute, and his digital book is called The Trouble with Jesus, and we'd like for you to have a copy. When you give a gift of any amount to Moody Radio, we're going to say thanks with an easy link to the digital download. You can access this book on your computer, mobile device, or e-reader. Just ask for The Trouble with Jesus when you call us at 888-644-7660, and we'll send you a link to the digital download in your email. Or if you prefer, go online to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, what would you do if your friend suggested that you skip church to go golfing or fishing or shopping? How do we honor Jesus in these situations? You know, it's a very real scenario that many of us face on a pretty regular basis and one that Joe Stoll addresses in this practical digital book. So contact us today with a gift of any amount and request The Trouble with Jesus or call us at 888-644-7660 
or come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios. Listen tomorrow as Pastor James Ford Jr. picks up our study on Rahab. So join us for Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.